Right. Good morning. As Dave said, it's lovely to see a number of visitors here again this morning. <clears throat> Just before the service started, I was getting a little bit worried because I sat over there and there's hardly anybody around me. And I thought if this was a ship, you know, it would be so. But thankfully, some others came in. Psalm 13. Rejoice in your salvation. about you but this morning I feel quite aware of my weaknesses my failings, my frailties let me ask each one of you a question, it's a good place to start isn't it, asking ourselves a question this morning how do you come here this morning, how have you come here this morning I don't say you, you came in a car, that's not quite what I had in mind what I mean is what frame of mind are you in this morning what frame of mind did you come with this morning when you walked through that door now maybe you're in a good mood which is great or maybe you're not maybe you feel there's external pressures pressing in upon you how we feel often affects the way we praise God, doesn't it? When we come into church. As we look at this psalm, we'll see that David is actually no different. In those first couple of verses of Psalm 13, he's almost complaining when he's talking to God, isn't he? As time and time again he asks how long? How long? How long will I be forgotten? How long will your face be hidden from me, God? How long must I struggle? How long will my enemies have the upper hand? David is full of questions. But those questions themselves, to me anyway, show that he had faith to believe that God was listening to him, even in the midst of his troubles. They show us his inner yearning, not just to be free of his troubles, but something much deeper. He has a heartfelt desire to come close to God. If you translate that, that statement, how long? It literally means until when. Until when. Which to me shows that he expects that something's going to come to an end. He's looking for that deliverance from, from his troubles. And David is frustrated and he can hold on to that frustration no longer. He feels his troubles maybe I don't know perhaps at times he feels they'll never end maybe he senses there's no prospect of deliverance and maybe at times he perhaps feels God will never act now these are not uncommon feelings 
They're simply natural reactions to, to outward pressures which we all face from time to time and to uh, varying degrees. Yes, we may uh, sometimes suffer long and, and hard and, and patiently and look for help or relief from our troubles. But when no help comes, when no help seems to be out there, it's easy to begin to despair, isn't it? He feels forgotten. Maybe that God is far away. Maybe God's doing something else. But even in his questions, we see he has faith that God is still out there, even though he may seem far off. After all, he's addressing God. He asks, will you forget me forever he's talking to somebody God I know you're there but why does it seem you're not listening but something else besides feeling maybe forgotten he feels something much worse has happened he feels that God has turned his face from him that he's looking the other way I'm sure many of you know that uh, in the Bible when you read of, of God turning his face away from someone is to show his, his displeasure, even his, his hatred, his, his taking away of his blessing. And those feelings of uh, estrangement from God caused David deep, deep sorrow in his heart. Why has the God he loves turned his face from him? And why does it seem that his enemies have the upper hand? Why are his enemies triumphing over him? Now we, we don't know who those, those enemies were and that's, that's probably not that important anyway. But what is important is the sense of, of deep pain and, and sorrow we see in David's heart that his God seems far off. And this just emphasises for us the, the deep need of God David had in his heart. That closeness with God that he yearned for. Most if not all of us here have been there at some point. Some of you this morning may be feeling that right now. Feeling that that your inner suffering will never end. That God himself is, is far off. If you feel like that this morning, then take heart that you are not the odd one out. You are suffering that which is common to many people. A feeling that sometimes God is far off. So what does David do to attract the attention of this seemingly far off God although it seemed God was looking the other way David thinks right the best way to attract someone's t attention is to shout is to call out to them and so he cries out to God in earnest prayer look on me and answer me O Lord my God he calls on God to to look upon him 
to be attentive to his cry to see the state that he's in he wants to be seen by God he wants the dark clouds of oppression to be torn apart and to have the light of of God's holy face shine upon him once more just like you get the sunshine after a thunderstorm he calls on his God to light up his eyes for they are dim with the exhaustion of suffering they are dim maybe from weeping he feels that unless God breaks in with his light then he's going to die maybe a bit poetical I don't know but that's the way he's feeling he will sleep the sleep of death now obviously none of us here this morning have died (laughs) some of you may look a little bit sleepy but none of you have died it's true to say but how many of us have fainted put your hand up how many of you have fainted I'll put my hand up there you go yeah or or if you haven't fainted you come very close that sort of nasty horrible woozy feeling you know if you have then you'll know what it feels like all those sort of stars before your eyes you know and maybe everything goes a bit black and white before it eventually all goes black and it's just like you've lost consciousness everything goes dark now thankfully that only usually lasts a few moments or a few minutes but David fears that he's about to die and sleep for good and hand the victory to his enemies they would be the ones to rejoice at his passing He says that he doesn't want his enemies to gloat. He doesn't want them to say, we've triumphed over him. He doesn't want that to happen. To me, this is is a picture that uh, reminds Start again. A picture that reminds me of when Jesus hung there on the cross. His enemies thought that they'd won the victory as well, didn't they? But we all know that they were wrong. That death could not hold him. And on the third day, he rose to life again. But then David comes to his senses. Yes, he would die of his suffering if he had no hope. But he has hope. He knows God God exists. And he knows him. So he has every reason to have hope. And that hope gives birth to a surprising, surprisingly cheerful confidence. He says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Now many say that the salvation he speaks of there is referring from the relief, the physical relief from his troubles and, and not as we would perhaps use the term today as a, as a spiritual 
salvation but all the same it's, it's a salvation from the state that he's in despite all that's going on in his life all the pressure he feels under he comes back to the truth that has been tested time and time again that God is there for him loving him through his dark times an ever present help in times of trouble David had trusted God in the past he still trusted him now and he would go on to trust him forever he would trust in the Lord forever <clears throat> he knew the reality of God's unfailing love he rejoiced in the coming salvation from his troubles which he knew God would bring about for him he didn't doubt why should he? He had entire confidence that God would step into his salvation or his situation, shall I say. I wonder, do we here this morning, do we share that same confidence? Do we believe God is able to deliver us from our trials and sufferings in his time? Do we believe he is with us through the time of our trial, through the time of our suffering. Do we believe he has a plan for each of our lives? Are we living in the light of our salvation brought for us on the cross of Calvary? Salvation from sin and not just salvation from external pressure. Or do we prefer to let the enemy triumph over us? In the midst of his despair, David says to himself, wait a minute, wait a minute, why am I feeling so down in the mouth? Have I forgotten the one who has helped me in the past? It doesn't belittle the reality of his suffering or the suffering of any believer but it makes God bigger than the problem it makes God bigger than the problem and allows the suffering believer to fix their eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith David calls his heart to rejoice in the assurance that God would act and salvation would be his it in no way rubbishes his suffering his suffering makes the prospect of salvation seem all the more sweet. In the midst of his suffering, he sees the light at the end of the tunnel and he can smile. I once took my, uh, my grandma, my nana, Nana G. Some of you would remember Rose, my grandma Rose. Uh, I once took her and uh, another elderly lady to uh, Sizewell Hall Christian Conference Centre there on the east coast took them in my car as, as the coach was full so I was going to go and help in the kitchen so I said right I'll take you in my car now 
Nana being Nana insisted she would sit in the back of my two door Ford Fiesta which for a lady in her 80s was was no, no mean feat so she sort of struggled on in there and uh, allowed the other lady who'd never been before to uh, sit in the front which I was extremely grateful for as this lady found something to talk to all the, for the whole journey it was, it was great I did a lot of listening anyway all was well with the journey until we pulled up outside the front door of the conference centre and the other lady got out of the car and uh, she tipped the seat forward so that uh, my grandma could, could get out now the only trouble was that uh, after a journey of an hour and a half maybe two hours her legs had, had slightly gone to sleep a little bit she probably didn't quite realise how asleep they'd gone so when she tried to get out of the cup okay, her legs kind of buckled a little bit they buckled underneath her and she, she sat back down but she didn't actually sit on the seat she missed the seat and sat in the footwell behind the front seat so there she was stuck between the front seat and the back seat and seeing the funny side of it the more she giggled the more impossible it became to lift herself at least out of the car she was one of these ladies who could often see the funny side of, of most things and uh, I shall never ever for as long as I live forget just the way she was stuck and giggling so hilariously it's made the situation even more impossible anyway at that point she had two options one she could sit there and moan about her situation and never get out of the car or secondly she could take my hand and let me pull her out of the car and to her feet needless to say she, she took my hand and I pulled her out with no harm done and that's a bit like what we see here David is stuck in a situation it's pressing in on him from all sides but instead of continuing in his downward spiral he looks to God and even before his salvation he can smile as the strong arm of the Lord comes towards him to rescue him his problems hadn't gone away he was still in the midst of them but he begins to praise God in the midst of them because he knows for sure that his salvation from them is coming the same goes for us we should not only rejoice in our salvation when it's actually accomplished but we should rejoice with the firm conviction that salvation will be ours 
If you're suffering this morning, I do not know when your salvation from those troubles will come. I do not know the distance between God's hand and yours. But I know this for sure. It's coming. And if you're a believer this morning, you have the promise of salvation from your sins and eternal life. And that's something to smile about. How sad it would be if we have to wait until heaven before we rejoice in our salvation. Start now. So people around us notice and say to themselves, what have they got to be so happy about? What have they got to be so happy about? Then you can tell them. Tell them with the same conviction as the psalmist that you have the promise of salvation from the troubles and sins of this world and the promise of eternal life. David has uh, so much trust in God that he looks to the future as he ends this psalm. He says, I will sing, I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. Yes, God has never stopped being good. God's never stopped being good. Even in the midst of suffering, God is good. It's just our human viewpoint, just our human perspective that would seek to persuade us otherwise that maybe God has got it wrong this time or he perhaps doesn't know what he's doing. But let me tell you, God is always good. Even in the midst of your suffering, God is good. So David began in depression and sadness and feeling downcast. But he ends with joy and rejoicing. Which leads me to, to ask that question just once, once again. The same question that we started with this morning. How have you come here this morning? How have you come here this morning? What state of mind have you come here in this morning? And now let me ask you one more. Do you think you'll leave this place this morning any different to when you came in? I think it's so sad when people come in church in a bad mood and leave in a bad mood. You know? I mean how sad it is to come into church worship the, the God of gods the King of Kings and then leave absolutely no different to when we came in yes God would say to all of us in the wonderful words of, of Isaiah 55 we're very well known come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. You don't need to be rich to gain salvation. 
from God. You just need to come. And then when we've done that, what's he say? Once we've come, once he has transformed our lives, he says, you will. You will. Go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the, the trees of the field will clap their hands. You've never seen trees clap their hands then go and stand next to a poplar tree on a windy day because the leaves are always double. They've got double joints on them. So when the wind blows, they all clap. All the leaves clap together. That's probably what he's talking about here. So let's go out with joy because our salvation from this life's troubles is coming. And if you're a believer this morning, then salvation and eternal life are assured. And that's something utterly amazing and wonderful to praise God about. So let's, uh, as I said this morning, right at the beginning, let's rejoice, rejoice in our salvation. Like I said, it's not to beat anyone over the head with and say look here you need to rejoice no if you're suffering then it's real no one's denying that but please let me encourage each one who maybe you're feeling this morning that you're suffering in some way look to God because God is good and you can rejoice in your salvation Amen.